today it is. Thank you for letting me into your home and heart. I remain the voice of hope. Please listen attentively to this matter, as you will be called upon to judge this case. A young man sought to rent an apartment from a certain landlord. Favoring the young man, the landlord chose to grant him the apartment without charge. An agreement was duly signed, and a harmonious relationship between the landlord and his youthful tenant ensued. Their friendship blossomed. The landlord would visit the young tenant, and they would share drinks and even meals, and engage in conversations on diverse subjects. As time passed, the tenant got married. The landlord even played the role of the father of the day at the wedding, showering the newlyweds with generous gifts. Even after the wedding, the relationship between the landlord and his tenant blossomed more, and the tenant's newlywed wife was not left out. She joined in the celebratory mood each time the landlord visited. Some time later, a fellow tenant, entangled in a dispute with the landlord, visited the newlyweds bearing a gift. During this visit, the aggrieved tenant conveyed a disheartening story of the landlord's deception and wickedness. He recounted how the landlord had once treated him kindly until an abrupt and baseless change of heart, a transformation he likened to that of a demon-possessed man. This disgruntled tenant warned the young couple that they too would experience the landlord's wrath, speculating that the landlord had given them the apartment rent-free to prevent them from establishing their own home. Disturbed by these revelations, the young couple began distancing themselves from the landlord. They feigned absence during his visits, avoided eye contact and greetings whenever they saw him in the distance, and even declined an invitation to the landlord's son's naming ceremony, masking their absence with an excuse. The landlord, perplexed by this shift, persisted in trying to connect with them, only to be met with dismissive responses. Eventually, they made it clear they wished to sever ties with him. Years rolled on, and the couple became parents, raising a substantial family. They instilled in their children a principle to shun the landlord and all things connected to him, branding his apparent care as a disguise for wicked deeds. Meanwhile, the tenant continued residing in the apartment without paying any rent, and the landlord refrained from altering the terms he had entered into with the young tenant years earlier. However, one day, the landlord served eviction notices to all his tenants, including the young couple. United by the tenant who had poisoned the young couple's perception of the landlord, all the tenants collectively took legal action against the landlord. Intriguingly, all these tenants had lived rent-free. After considering the matter, the judge sided with the landlord, affirming his right to evict, but stipulating a reasonable grace period for tenants to secure new accommodations. For the young couple, finding alternative housing proved difficult as they encountered repeated rejections within the town. Over time, they realized that the landlord owned the entire town, including homes and apartments, industries, hospitals, everything in the town. Interestingly, all the other tenants were well aware of the landlord's ownership of the town, but did not inform the young couple. At a tenants' association meeting sometime later, the young couple discovered that they were the only tenants sharing the landlord's tribe and nationality. All others hailed from foreign countries. Spurred by the tenant who had an axe to grind with the landlord, all the tenants decided to leave the town despite its amenities like efficient administration, free lodging, abundant employment, and functional transportation. They arrived at this decision because they reasoned that if they all left, the landlord's ownership of the town would not be worth anything any longer. The sole alternative, however, was relocating thousands of miles away to a town that functioned more like a prison complex. The residents of the prison town faced grueling labor and were trapped in a cycle of perpetual debt. Their labor brought earnings that were insufficient to meet their needs, resulting in a cycle of indebtedness from which escape was impossible. 
Unbeknownst to the young couple, the other tenants were already bound by a pre-existing judgment consigning them to this prison town. The time had now come for the local authorities to enforce this judgment, and so the other tenants had no choice but to prepare for their new abode. The young couple, unaware of the brother's situation, believed they all faced a unique predicament, choosing between servitude in the prison town or seeking the landlord's forgiveness. Meanwhile, the young couple and their children harbored deep bitterness and distrust towards the landlord. They were particularly aggrieved by the landlord's decision to evict them, especially given the grim prospect of being unable to secure another dwelling in the town and now facing the prospect of what was more or less a life sentence in the prison town. Without their knowledge, however, the landlord was working on a plan which involved his sole heir and son, mediating between the young couple, their children, and himself. As a young couple grappled with their predicament, the landlord's son visited them, presenting a potential solution. The offer was as follows. If they offered an apology to the landlord, he would pardon them, restoring them to their rent-free accommodation and the relationship they once had. Unfortunately, this suggestion infuriated them as they considered it insulting, particularly since they believed the landlord had treated them unfairly. Their reaction was vehement, and their children physically assaulted the landlord's son which left him severely and almost mortally injured and forcibly ejected him from the apartment. Subsequently, the tenant responsible for sowing discord between the young couple and the landlord also visited them. This individual informed them that the landlord's offer was a ploy to retain them in the town, recognizing that he, the landlord, would be all alone if they all departed. The aggrieved tenant disclosed that he and the other tenants had coordinated with a manager from the distant prison town and he had come to invite them to join them. However, he omitted the fact that they, he and the other tenants, had no choice as they were bound by a life sentence already decreed by the courts. Faced with this pivotal choice, the couple and their children had two options. They could humble themselves, extend an apology to the landlord's son for mistreating and almost killing him, accept the still-standing offer to apologize to the landlord and thereby obtain his forgiveness, and continue to reside rent-free in town while mending their relationship with the landlord. Alternatively, they could obstinately resist and align themselves with the other tenants, subjecting themselves to perpetual enslavement in the prison town's harsh conditions. Here is where your guidance comes into play. The couple and their children have sought your advice on the appropriate course of action. What counsel would you provide? Should they humble themselves before the landlord and his son and seek forgiveness for their arrogance and ignorance? Or should they disregard the landlord and align with the other tenants embarking on a life sentence in the prison town? Please note that the recommendation you make is a choice you are making for yourself, as this narrative reflects your own story. You see, the young couple and their family symbolize you and indeed all of humanity. While the landlord embodies God and the disgruntled tenant and the other tenants represent Satan and his demons respectively. Now, are you inclined to beg God's only son, Jesus Christ, for his forgiveness and pardon, acknowledging your mistreatment of him and your departure from God's will? Or do you lean toward aligning with Satan and his demons, choosing a destiny of eternal suffering despite God's plea to you? Your decision will determine either your deliverance and salvation from eternal torment or your eternal confinement in hell. My dear friend, this choice stands before both you and I, encompassing all of humanity. Allow me to share this piece of advice from a divine messenger as recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through to verse 20 of the Living Bible. God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor 
and be reconciled to him. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. We beg you, as though Christ himself were here pleading with you, receive the love he offers you. Be reconciled to God. Beloved, I align myself with this divine messenger and urge you to reconcile with God, who created you in his image and likeness. I have reconciled with God for over three decades now without regret. I advise you, therefore, to approach God with a penitent heart, using these words, Lord, I deeply regret my treatment of your kindness toward me. Please extend your mercy to me and grant me forgiveness, goodness, and liberation from my sins. The same sins you placed upon your only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That is all it takes, and you will receive pardon and the assurance to henceforth live in harmony with God. So, my friend, be reconciled to God. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 807 777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye. Okay.